lovely listeners. Hello. Hello. I'm just going to prod this button here. Okay. I'm not sure whether it'll do me good, any good in the long run. Welcome to Frithcast number 34. Hail and welcome to Frithcast 34. Oh, I think I got... Hang on. You got a notification. I got a vibration there. Steady. Let me just do me airplane mode and then I won't get any more vibrations. I'm picking up nuisance vibrations. Nothing is supposed to be harsh in your mellow. Oh, my mellow. I, I can't remember the last time I had a mellow. Was it a pink one or a white one? I don't even know. I ate mine. Mm. The, other one, the other one fell off a stick. No <laughs> idea where it went. Well, if you will, if you will keep trying to toast them. Mm. I just opened the packet. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Toasting them is better. Is it? Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever tried it. Toasting them on the green stick, it's like a cross between lava and Greek fire. Because it burns, it's incredibly hot, and it sticks to everything. It's fantastic. You trap it between two, like, plain biscuits, like rich tea biscuits, you're in. You just go, nom, 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 nom. Ah, 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 ah. Because it's really, 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 really hot, and it sticks to the inside of your mouth. It's great, it's a fantastic experience, and you need to try it. You eat naphtha for a snack? Yeah. Every girl guide will have eaten naphtha for a snack and know how to make her own. I have a new respect for girl guides. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I don't know whether they teach them to make naphtha now. They taught them to make edible naphtha when I was a girl guide, which is a very, very long time ago for anybody trying to figure it out. Fling it at people's sails and things. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, shortly before the grape shot, you're in, you know, you're making trebuchets out of newspaper on a Friday night and you it's fantastic fun I've always wanted one if somebody said to me would you like to have a go on this trebuchet oh god yes <laughs> I would first of all clarify they meant you know as the operator and not as the ammunition oh yeah good point you see mm, you see yeah, you see could loophole there thinking yeah I missed that one I would have been flung off into outer Mongolia without a thought from the UK but if somebody said three, to me... Three and a half minute flight, 25,000 feet, no seatbelt warning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely listeners, welcome to Frithcast number Hello. 34. Hello. Welcome. And that. Welcome, welcome. Welcome Please, one, welcome come and, all. Come and squidge in so the, the new peeps can sit on the log at the end and Shoo warm their knees and squidge up Shoo and settle everyone. in. Last episode... Ooh, we need to do introductions. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Because, 
you know, we might have some lovely peeps that are just kind of starting to come to the firelight and settle yeah, in yeah. and say hi. Would you like me to introduce us or would you like to introduce us? You can introduce us and then I will say it's good night from me and good night from her and we're done. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want to put a podcast in between? Or? Yeah, we'd probably better do that. How much rum have I had? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll go and see how much there no, is no, no, left in the bottle. No, 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 don't do that. It won't be very good at all. Okay. We'll carry on. Dear listeners... Valued listeners, well-regarded listeners. Vassals in vessels in listeners. Vassals no. in vessels. No, not our, not vassals. No, no. They, these are these are independent, spirited, freedom-loving listeners, and and it's them. Okay. That we're welcoming, along with right. any of the others. Yes. Obviously, all of those two. Shall I start again? Please do. Listeners. Hello. Dear listeners. Hello, lovely listeners. I'd like to introduce Suzanne. Yes, two and six. Two and two and six, and so that's Suzanne. Say hello, Suzanne. Hello, Suzanne. Well done. Okay. You want me to introduce me as well? Go, go for it. You're on a roll. I've I've had several rolls. I know. Okay. I can tell. <laughs> Bread rolls. I mean, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Dear listeners, I am I am Kate. But there you go. I'm a sort of passing druidy thing yes. that tends to be lying around the house, and. Powered by... Coffee! Coffee powered druid. Coffee mug. Coffee mug. Okay. Okay. All right. We're nine minutes in. Please do carry on. Okay. Everything's fine. Last episode, we had a chat about the Norns. We did. And we did three little Norns from school, are we? I, I, I regret to say we did, yes. We started with three little Norns from the Mikado. <laughs> the Norse version. Yes. Slightly more blood and swords, but it's still good. And we ended with Daniel Craig in those speedos. You remember Daniel Craig, the Daniel Craig bit then? I can't really forget the Daniel Craig the speedos. I, of course, hadn't. I'm a professional. I put it <laughs> entirely out of my mind. <laughs> you had not. <laughs> We're pleased to report we have now watched Skyfall. We are now settled and we have processed the image of Daniel Craig in those speedos. So we're going to go back to... I think the listeners have had plenty of opportunity to process it as well now, whether they wanted to or not. No, Well, you know, you've got to give people opportunity to explore and learn and reflect on these important parts of... I think they might prefer to talk about heathenry. Okay, fine. (laughs) <laughs> Fine, I'll go back to the norns, I don't mind. Okay. Okay, the norns. The norns. The norns associated with spinning, which we talked a little bit about last time. We did, yeah. Spinning and weaving. And being generally three sisters or three ladies mm-hmm. who are live in one of the lower realms. They live near the roots of the Drasil. Okay. One of the things we didn't mention last time is that the three norns... Let me just take this back a step. If you say to somebody, what does a Viking look like? They're liable to draw you somebody covered in furs with a big sword with horns on their helmet. Always the horns on the helmet. Fabulously wrong as that is. What they're not likely to draw you are three ladies who garden. That's probably true. Yes. One of the tasks that the norns have is to draw water from the well and to water the roots of the Yggdrasil, the world tree, so that it doesn't die and it's got 
enough stuff to keep it going. Okay. So you kind of think of them as extreme gardeners. They are metal gardeners. <laughs> they are hardcore gardeners. They keep the world tree alive. Is it that fair is to... as, as good as it gets. If it, is it fair to say then that they have a rock garden? They do have a rock garden! <laughs> <coughs> Don't remind me not to do that again. That the rock. <laughs> they have the rockest of rock gardens, <laughs> and they are extreme gardeners <laughs> because they water the Drasil. The world tree is the ultimate gardening job. How does that? How big is Yggdrasil? I mean, Yggdrasil. I don't, don't, don't sort of say to me. Don't, don't be saying to me. Well, it goes up through the Niner. I know that, but I mean, if you're at the root of it. How, what, how long would it, basically what is its girth? Well, if you have to ask that. <laughs> no, I remember there's a, there's, a, there's a video on YouTube about the size, relative size of stars and stuff, and it finishes off by saying the biggest star that we know of, and I can't remember which it is at the moment, it's either uh, V.Y. Canis Majoris, or it's the Pistol Star, or it's another one whose name I can't remember take on a road about it recently. Fine. Anyway, yeah. big bugger. Yeah. Big star. I say, if you could travel on an airliner yeah. at airliner speed yeah. just above the surface of that star, obviously putting aside the whole heat element. Yes. And the slight tan from the underneath. Massive, massive radiation. Yeah, slightly. But aside from that, if you would just fly your, your thing, your thing, your air thing, airliner thing, mm-hmm. over the surface of the sky, how long would it take you to to do a great circle around it, so from starting point, straight line all the way around, start finishing point, and they say something, some ridiculous amount of years. I mean, years and years and years. And I'm thinking to myself, how long would it? So I stood at the root of Yggdrasil, but the place where before it starts getting complicated, rootery, you know, yes. just tree trunk into the ground like that. If I stood there yeah. and tried to walk around it, how long would that take me? Well, the thing about the Yggdrasil, it's really, really big. <laughs> I mean, you may think it's a long way down the road to the chemist. <laughs> you know where my brain's going. But that's just peanuts to Yggdrasil. That's just peanuts to the Yggdrasil. I'm just trying to work out how, how hard a job they have of watering this thing, that's all. I did tell you, extreme gardens. Extreme. And in the middle of doing the watering thing, mm-hmm. they've got time to spin, weave and cut everybody's life thread that's a job and a half they are kind of rocking the extreme here they're a step beyond anything i can get my head into but time wise they cannot work on the same concept of time that i do because they wouldn't no well you mean you imagine you'd you'd draw kind of three buckets in a day and you'd be you'd not even be ready to go last time we, we we talked about some of the comparisons that i'm Perhaps a little bit more familiar with, like the Parkai, mm, the um, fates, yes. the Roman fates, and and it's fair to say that in uh, Roman cosmology, these are not gods. No, these are something else. These are to the gods what the gods are to us. And um, yeah, I mean the Norns control the fate of the gods as well, mm. so they're something separate and and parallel to other things that are going on okay so they yeah they're, they're kind of they do the spinning and the weaving and the cutting thing which is being somebody who's tried to who can spin but it's very very slow 
on a hand spindle, drop spindle. Having done that for several hours, it's incredibly laborious. Yeah, yeah. But to do that for every individual person as they come through that pattern and to know when they start and when they stop and who they interact with and what mm-hmm. events happen and, and where that pattern is going, to know what pattern you are weaving going forwards and to be the most raucous gardeners ever <laughs> and to water the Yggdrasil at the same time to stop it drying out to keep all the nine worlds in balance that i am in awe of that mm. that is incredible absolutely i mean one of one of the one of the basic uh, mistakes that i think everybody everybody who has uh, a sense of the spiritual everybody who you know whether you call it uh, an, as as i often think of it as a, as an aesthetic perception it's you you're looking at the world and you're seeing the same things that for example an atheist would see mm. You're seeing all the same, the same thing happening, and this would apply the same for, 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 for pagans, for Christians, Muslims. You know, everybody will look at the world, and but the, 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 the ones of us who are religious or who have a spiritual sense or, mm. or, or whatever are, are seeing things in a particular way, and we're seeing elements in you know everyday things that, that an atheist would deny mm. seeing, or would, would, I'm not saying deny as in being dishonest, they, they don't see it, that's, that's fine, that's their... Their perceptions. I'm going to say I see the world in a particular way. Yeah. A Muslim will see the world in a particular way. A Christian will see the world in a particular way. We'll all look at the same thing and understand it in our own worldview, in Mm. our own cosmology, in our own ideals, in our own values. We will understand what that is, Mm. but in our own way. I can't look at something and understand it in a Jewish way. No. No. You can learn about the, you can learn about the history. You can learn about the culture. You can talk to yeah. to Jewish people, and and you can get a you can get a feel for it. But to actually, it's it's about the way you perceive things. We all have in common the fact that we are human. Yes, that's that is the the overriding commonality. So it doesn't matter, you know how what detail we might see in things. In in the end, we all perceive things in a human way. Yes. And I think we all run into this difficulty when you say to me the norns are spinning a thread for every life. Yes. And then I think, but there are seven and a half billion people in the world. Yeah. And that's only now. Yes. <clears throat> Back then there were a few million, mm-hmm. however, many, however many it was in, 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 in the sort of 8th, ninth, 10th century. But we're talking millions and millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. Billions now. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping a thread running for every one of them. Yeah, you see, that's where you get into kind of interesting semantics. Are they keeping a thread for every life, or are they just keeping a thread for the lives that are called to them? Fair question. Because if they're keeping a thread for the lives that are called to them, there are probably a lot less than seven and a half people. (laughs) Possibly so. That are, you know, because the... The, the Hindus are doing their thing and the Roman Catholics are doing their thing and the Greek Orthodox is doing their thing and the mm. Jewish folks are doing their thing and, you know, the Coptic Church is doing their thing and the heathens are doing their thing. So are they just keeping track of the heathen threads or do you, you know, in a day, happen to come across people who are not heathen? Mm. So where does that interaction come from? Because if your thread has got to be wound round yeah. the person that you've met today and you've interacted with... Yeah, the person you get married to. They must have a thread. Yeah. 
because otherwise what is yours going to get hooked around how do you yeah how do you do it and you've so yeah sorry lovely listeners we're kind of blowing your brains a wee bit tonight no i'm this afternoon and it's a good thing this morning whenever you're listening (laughs) ah time need more rum no don't need more rum it's fine you see the thing is so how do you you know how do you understand what are the norns looking after now Mm. is it every heathen thread what about those folks who are Christian now and will be heathen in two years? Mm. What about those folks who are heathen now and feel themselves called to God? The Christian God. Or yeah. the, the Muslim God. Or, or the, the Muslim the God. Jewish or the God. Jewish yeah. God. Or how do you... The Abrahamic God, I should say. Yeah, how do you then reconcile a thread for every life with the norns? I mean... Does that thread get cut then there... Not because the the person has died, but because the person has has, can I say, dropped off the end of heathenry, and gone. But even then, they can have influence over your life. They can oh, yeah. be the person who signs you on to do your university degree in Scandinavian studies. They're not heathen. No. But they're helping you along your path. So how does that reconcile? And uh, I'm just imagining a big ball of string in my brain right now with one end. Is it? And I don't know where the other end is, but it's in there somewhere. And it it's a, kind of worth having a think about and having a ponder about. Is, is, it, is it a sort of a, a, a kind of a tangled ball, a sort of wibbly, wobbly ball? Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> you know me way too well. <laughs> kind of timey-wise. Yes, that's it! All right, fine. I hate to get a Doctor Who reference in here. We of haven't course done one in do. ages. But then you see you've got the, the other question would be, well... Presumably everybody has a thread coming from somewhere because, as we say, you know, there are loops around and there are mm. hooks and there are, there, are, there are, I don't know any weaving terminology, but, you know, the, the threads... There are points where a whole lot of threads come together in yeah, one place. the threads yeah. go around each other and, 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 and swirl around and do things. So there's got to be something there. Is it the fact, is it somebody else other than the norns spinning other people's threads. Is the, are the norns sitting over here spinning theirs, the park eye sitting over there spinning theirs? The, whatever, yeah. whatever they call them in the, in, the, in the Greek. Fat-eye? No, fat eyes. No. no. What's the Greek called? Oh. Blast, it's gone out my brain. But I, I can't remember. Not the See, I always get confused because I'm all, I, I, I always... I always think Stygian witches and it's not. I always think of the uh, Erinyes and it's not them because they're the Furies and they're very different bag of ferrets entirely they're a whole kind of angry covered in bees covered in bees covered in bees yes so sorry um lovely listeners we'd like to pause there for a moment in your deep and and wonderful meanderings and musings around the virtual campfire and just say kate and i can't tell you how to heathen this is very true neither can anybody else see the thing is yeah for all i sit here going what does all this look like? Mm. How long does it take me to walk around the world tree? And all that kind Good of thing. Good question. In the end, we're talking about realms that are what they are. And yeah. we are only humans trying to perceive a, a, a world that is far bigger than us. Yes. But, you know, to reiterate, we can't tell you how to even. I can't tell you how to even. I can just, I can share the knowledge I've got. And where it comes from my own personal opinion, I will hopefully remember to tell you that it's coming (laughs) from my own personal opinion. And then it's kind of up to you to have a think about things, maybe in a bit of an explore for yourself. But nobody can tell you how to do this. Mm. Not your own path is yours. There's three beings 
that know where your path is going and they ain't talking. No. No. So, I think probably one of the last things I wanted to have an explore around today is the concept of if you have somebody in your life for a long, long time, that thread gets wound close to yours or around yours, next to yours. And if you have, for example, a kindred, a group of you that get together on a regular basis mm. to talk shop, to socialise, to get together in frith and friendship and do the happy thing, maybe do a ritual, maybe do a study group or otherwise, those threads of that life will twist together mm. and they will form a thicker thread, like a cable. The image I got in my head when you were talking about the threads winding around each other and mm. when you get a, a, a whole a group of people creating a cable. <laughs> yeah. I saw two planets. Okay. And I'm calling them planets. I don't care what the International Astronomical <laughs> Union says. <laughs> okay. I saw Pluto and Charon, mm. which is a moon of Pluto, but they're, they're quite an interesting system because they are both of similar mass. And their barycentre, which is the point in the centre of their orbital path, mm. the, 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 is, is actually outside both bodies. So it's, it lies oh, okay. between both bodies. So they're actually swinging. You know those, what it's do like one of those wee tennis swing games with a pole and a ball on the end of it. If, you, you, imagine, it. if you imagine that as being Earth. Yeah. So Earth is the pole yeah. and the ball is the moon. Yes, and it goes... So the pole might wobble a little bit as the ball swings round, mm -hmm. but the ball's doing all the move, most of the moving. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you imagine, what's that? I can't remember what that weapon was called, where it was like a piece of string with a, a bolas. weight. A bolas? Yeah. With a weight on each end? You, yeah, well, you'd have three weights and a. Imagine, imagine one with just two. Yeah. And spin it somehow around a point in the middle of the chain. Yeah. That's more or less what you've got with Pluto and Charon. Okay. So when they orbit each other, they, they go around a, a, a circle and they're each on opposite sides of the circle, basically. Okay. Now you imagine them doing that. Yeah. Day after day, year after year, century after century. And you imagine the solar system moving. Mm -hmm. Now, forget time. Okay, this got really, really deep really, really fast. Okay. Don't think of there as being a past, a present and a future. Think of there as being is. Okay, this is everything is. Okay. And if you imagine now the track that Pluto and Charon have taken, mm -hmm. are taking... <clears throat> They're occupying every point on that path. Yes. At the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're going round each other. They're going round the sun. Yeah. And the sun's going round the galaxy. Now you've got a trail of Pluto and Charon string. Yes. Wind, winding round itself. Yes. Two threads wrapped together, going off in whatever direction the solar system drifts in. Yeah. Imagine now the whole thing, the entire solar system doing the same thing. So you've got. A straight thread. The the Earth creates a straight, relatively straight thread with uh, the the Moon a spiral thread around it. Whoa. You've got all the planets creating spiral threads around the central big big string of the Sun. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just that's exactly what I'm now thinking of when you're talking about the threads of people's lives, and I'm suddenly thinking if you if you track, like I say, just just make all time the present. Mm. Everything exists all at once, and imagine what paths and s networks and 
patterns we weave on the surface of the earth as the surface of the as the earth turns goes around the sun the sun goes around the galaxy the galaxy goes through the universe it's kind of like those speeded up films you see of cars going on roads isn't it yes they become like headlights and eventually the car disappears and all you get is a streak of light yeah that eventually becomes not just a streak but a continuous thread of headlights mm. that creates along paths on roadways on motorways if you imagine you've got that you've got single threads in estates coming together into um, larger roads which eventually come into you know dual carriageways in britain and then you get motorways yeah you get like a four-lane motorway and you get all those threads running in the same direction yeah and then splitting off again there's just this constant and it, and it's and if you imagine it not even a flow but just a a sort of constant a, image of yeah yeah okay kind of got a bit deeper than i wanted to but the real important point from this today's episode is the fact that we have the most awesome extreme gardeners <laughs> just wanted to bring that back come on back into the room okay extreme gardening gardeners it is got to do it all righty so <laughs> If any of you lovely listeners happen to be, you know, employed as um, tree surgeons or as arboriculturalists, arboriculturalists, arbor, yeah, those landscapers, gardeners, all of that kind of stuff, horticulturalists, horticulturalists, you know, all of that. You don't look like your average horti. No, I'll not do that one. No, try not to. Do that. <laughs> Rude. Sorry. <clears throat> Your average haughty flipping culturalist. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so any of you that happen to have that as an occupation, you've, you know, keep in mind that the Norns are doing that occupation mm. and they are rocking it. They keep the world tree going. That's pretty fierce, isn't it? It's pretty fierce. And they presumably have to deal with um, Nithog. Do you know, I don't know. Gnashing at the roots of I don't, it, don't think I? they're on each other's Christmas card list for no. various reasons. It's, it's not something that... But they, keep, they keep having to thwack it across the nose with a spade. And They've rolled up newspaper. Get off! <laughs> get, get, go over there! Go, yeah, no. Thwang! <laughs> yeah, no, there's a whole other image to, to end this episode on. <laughs> so... Well, I've got that image in my head of three nuns chasing Nithog away from the roots of the Yggdrasil with a rolled up newspaper going, Bad boy, get off! Sit down! Why didn't I try that in Skyrim? I don't know. Would it have worked in Skyrim? Probably. Okay. We need to go try it. Yeah. Okay. Um, lovely listeners, our, our time is just about at an end for today's episode. Mm-hmm. So we will... Did talk I help? To you I hope I helped. You helped. <laughs> If you would like to find us online, for any reason, my name's Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under Suzanne Martin. You can also find me on Twitter. And if you want to find me for any reason, God help you. I don't know why you would. <laughs> but if you do, my name's Kate Martin, and uh, you can find me at my um, terrible, terrible website at uh, glassrain.net. And uh, my Facebook and Twitter are linked from there. Yeah. So, lovely listeners, please enjoy a minute or so of just chilly out campfire. Have a think about some of the things, and hopefully we haven't mangled your brains too badly. And we will... We've mangled mine. 
And I got mine too. I need more coffee. <laughs> we will talk to you all next time. We will. We will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.